Welcome to Terra Talks, where we talk about all things real estate. In each episode, we'll tackle current trends and topics of interest, both locally and regionally. However, or wherever you decide to tune in, you're not going to want to miss this. Hi, my name's Betty. I'm a real estate agent with Terra, and I specialize in sales and rentals in the residential and commercial sectors. I've been working in the industry for over 20 years and uh, really enjoy my job most days. One of the things that I love about Terra is the fact that we gather and share information and knowledge on the market, which helps our clients make informed decisions about their next move in the real estate sector. Hi, my name is Leslie. I'm a senior facility manager for um, Terra Caribbean. I have been with Terra for five years but I do come with 30 years experience in facilities management. Yes, I did start young, it has to be said. Um, <laughs> I love my job, it's different every single day. Um, I, I manage the Norman Centre and I have an overview of the walk at Welchies and to commercial buildings at Warrens. So we're here today to share information on the retail industry in Barbados. We're gonna touch on everything from uh, retail, retail rates in the sector uh, to retail hotspots, um, how COVID has impacted the industry and the future of the industry itself. Something for everyone, tenants, landlords and shoppers. Yes. <laughs> so let's start with the basics. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about uh, retail rates and how they're made up. When you see a retail rate advertised, it's uh, typically just the monthly rate and it does not include the service charge or the VAT. So, um, and retail rates are usually based on a price per square foot per annum. Um, you really do need to take into account the cost of the service charge and that varies quite significantly depending on where you're located and would be an important thing to factor in when you're budgeting on a monthly basis. Without a doubt. Um, service charges, you really do have to be careful. Um, but let's talk about what a service charge is. A service charge is fundamentally the operational cost for the building, and it's split between the tenants on a, a per square footage basis. But your, your um, service charge will invariably involve security, cleaning, waste management, lots of preventative maintenance, so air conditioning servicing, uh, elevators, escalators, generators, pest control, the list goes on and on. But the biggest thing that I would advise anyone to check on is what is actually included in your CAM charge. Does it include utilities? Because very often a landlord yeah, a will, have it, yeah, will have it separate. So um, make sure when you're paying your, your CAM charge or your service charge, are your utilities included? Because that sometimes happens again on a, a square footage basis. Or, in fact, is it metered so that you have to pay directly? Or sometimes it will come into a bulk meter and then the facility manager will calculate what your electricity costs. But it can make a huge difference to your, your monthly bill for sure. There are varying types of retail space available. Uh, there's everything from warehouse space, which would typically be for a bulk retailer like Costuless or Price Smart. There would be restaurant space and then there would be typical retail space. Uh, retail space tends to come um, fitted out very basically. So uh, it leaves the um, responsibility on the tenant 
to fit it out and finish it off and really bring it up to brand standards, which can be quite a high cost. And um, Leslie will tell you a little bit more about that. I think with fit out costs, where again, we have to be very careful is never underestimate how much your fit out costs are going to be. Um, and particularly, do not forget about time. To me, time is key critical. People go into the mall, they want to get into their store and get it all going, and they forget to think about maybe the logistics of it. So, for example, particularly if you're in a common area mall, so like the Norman Centre or or, um, or Bridgetown um, Duty Free, um, it will be highly unlikely that anyone will allow you to do fit-out during operational hours. Right, because that's when you've got all of your Absolute, absolutely, clients around absolutely. and all of that. Um, noise travels like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. Order as well. Um, and, and top tip, don't let a contractor <laughs> kid you that he's got zero VOC paint because, mark my words, he's got thinners <laughs> there somewhere, okay? Um, so you have to keep a real eye on that. So no smells, no noise. And if you can think of a contractor walking through a busy shopping mall with eight feet by four feet gypsum boards, not recommended. So bear in mind that you're not going to be in there with your contractor all day. It's going to be tight because you can only work outside your, your operational hours. And dare I say the COVID one. But with our curfew now at the minute, that's even that's even shorter. Oh yeah, that's true. So it's mm-hmm. very limited at the moment. Yeah. Um, so when choosing the perfect spot for retail, tenants typically consider uh, some pretty standard things. Uh, one of them would be the location and the access accessibility for their clients. So, for example. If you have clients that typically arrive by foot, how close are the um, bus stops, etc.? If people are coming by a car, um, how close are they to highways? How centrally located is there good parking? Um, perhaps you're a retailer that focuses on the tourist sector. Are you close to hotels? Um, another thing that's important as well is the mix of neighboring tenants. And uh, do they complement what you do? Um, or are they too heavily competitive with what you do? Um, retail hotspot locations include similar elements, such as a strong anchor tenant, and then a mix of convenience and a mix of tenants who uh, cater to similar target markets. Um, an example of that would be the walk at Welch's which has um, anchor tenants like Chefette and Costuless, and then it has a mix of um, middle, middle market restaurants and retailers. You've got good parking and good accessibility and good visibility. Mm-hmm. Um, Sheraton, which is one of the most popular malls on the island, uh, they have a number of anchor tenants, including Massey, uh, Do It Best, and Quartz. Um, and then they've got such a range of uh, other retailers within the mall and restaurants as well. Um, Millhouse and Home, I think, and the Avenue have really come on in recent years where they targeted initially on just furniture and um, bath providers. But in more recent times, they offer quite a lot of services and restaurants and things like that that cater to 
women. <laughs> so it's become a bit of a destination. You've got yoga, you've got wine, you've got all of that. So it can kind of be a day out for the target market. Anywhere else that comes to mind, Leslie? Um, not so much um, places that come to mind, but I think we should touch too on the difference between uh, rents when you're looking at either ground floor or first floor mm-hmm. properties. Betty, don't forget the Lime Grove uh, Lifestyle Centre. Fabulous place. Yes, for sure. I actually really enjoy going there. Um, now let's talk about retail rental ranges. So restaurant space, for example, we typically see rates around 25 to 50 per square, 50 dollars per square foot per annum. Uh, Warehouse bulk space, um, we actually have rates as low as eight dollars per square foot per annum. This is large spaces, you know, 12,000 square foot and and higher, and up to about 16 dollars per square foot um, per annum in today's market. And then typical retail space um, is from about $30 per square foot per annum up to about $60. But in some of the prime spots, we see rates of $100 plus per square foot per annum. Um, And um, then off-ground space typically commands a lower rate. So let's talk about the difference between ground floor and and first floor. I have not yet, and I've been there for five years, I have not yet had one person come into the Norman Centre and ask to see first floor space. They always come in and ask about the ground floor space. But once I've got you, that's it, you're going to look at everything anyway, so it doesn't matter. But for sure, I would would really recommend that if you are looking at space, please don't disregard the first floor because it can offer a multitude of benefits for you. Number one, it's going to be cheaper sure. Number two, you're going to be able to negotiate even better on first floor space than ground floor space. But let's take the financials out of it. Very often you'll find in a mall that they may have designed it in such a way that you'll be attracted to the first floor or or a higher floor anyway. Certainly at the Norman Centre, our escalator is positioned at the entrance and you just don't even think about it. You automatically get on the escalator, you go up to the first floor, you stroll around and then you come back. It invites you in, doesn't Indeed it? it does. Indeed it does. And then also once you're up there, um, I mean, it's just, I can't tell you, it's just fabulous. If you haven't been, go. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> it, the whole of the uh, food court is, is glass all along the front. So you're looking out over Broad Street, you're looking out over the Careenage, uh, Hero Square, Independence Square, and those fabulous gardens. The name escapes me now. Is it Freedom Park Gardens that we're... We're just developing that. I mean, it's just incredible. So that actually genuinely makes the ambiance on the first floor just as nice as the ground. And it's very similar if you go into um, duty, uh, Bridgetown Duty Free, which used to be Cave Shepherd. Again, they've done a very similar thing where it's very inviting. Lanterns, likewise, you've got the two different areas and the first floor is no less scenic than the ground floor. So please don't disregard the first floor or any upper floors because they can... It can be good for your business, for sure. Yeah, and I mean, the food courts, they really do bring yeah. people upstairs, don't they? Yeah, you know? for sure. And then you've got some exciting stuff upstairs of Norman Centre now as well that would bring people up. So that's that's good to know. And how has retail been impacted by COVID? I don't think it's any surprise to anyone that the sector has really been negatively impacted and has transformed. Um, 
it suffered a major blow. Uh, the industry, you know, we had the lockdown restrictions, social distancing, and the tough financial situation many of us face, um, which has led to the change in goods and services that we consume and how we consume them. Um, some areas of retail have obviously fared worse than others. So, for example, if I'm a retailer and I was focusing on the tourism sector or the cruise ship sector, unfortunately, I haven't had any customers really, um, you know, in, especially in the initial uh, stages. Um, so some retailers have had to close and then others have really had to pivot. And some of them have moved away from the focus on bricks and mortar and they're doing much more online. Um, than ever before. So it's been a complete digital transformation. Um, we're seeing that uh, many traditional large users of retail space, like banks, for example, they're shrinking their needs for space now. Um, so lots of space is coming available. Um, obviously, places like um, grocery shopping, has they're doing a lot of online as well. And this has led to higher vacancy rates with Spaces coming available, even in some of the really popular spots like Sheraton or The Walk or Lanterns. Um, in order to combat this, we've found that landlords have had to be more creative and flexible in their rates in order to try and really keep their existing uh, retailers on hand and so they can survive this storm. I think that's, that's key critical for me. Um, to get over this, and we must go over this COVID um, I think what we really need is a genuine partnership. Um, you need a yeah. partnership between the landlord and the tenant. And maybe to understand what that partnership can be, we need to understand about costs. Um, if When we were in the first lockdown, um, banks and, and loan institutions were offering moratoriums um, on all of their lending. And so the majority, if not all, of the landlords were... were giving genuine concessions to the, to the tenants, 100% rent concession, 50% rent concession. They could do that because they had it, they had it to give. The second time round though, the actual concessions weren't there. So, you know, your business is your store, the landlord's business is the entire mall. So if he still has all of his costs to bear, or a majority of his costs to bear, he can't, he, he can't give it to you. But I think, I'm always a great one for information. Information is key. So please don't think that because the front door is closed, that that mall isn't costing anything to run. Mm -hmm. um, clearly, you've still got your mortgage or your loan, if you have one. I mean, if not, um, you still, you don't leave the building empty. You still have to run your air conditioning. Um, you still have to do your different servicing on, on the building or the property. Yeah, maintain it. Absolutely. Yeah. And even without that, let's face it, you know, you've got to pay your land tax, you've got to pay your insurance. Mm -hmm. So there's still there's still costs there um, to, 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 to look out for. And certainly for us as facility managers, as terror facility managers, we were classed as essential service during um, both lockdowns and we had our little passes and we went in there and checked the buildings and made sure that everything was right and if it wasn't right, put it right. You know, that's, that's your job, after all. Um, but it's just to try and share with everyone that whilst you might see a building closed, things are still going on behind the closed doors, mm -hmm. and that comes with a cost, no matter how careful you are. Um, so if the landlord isn't getting any sort of concession, that's probably why he's not passing it on 
mm-hmm. to the tenant. So I totally get why we're very nervous about any other lockdowns. Um, you know, it's it it just cripples the the economy, mm-hmm. to be honest. So, but yeah, there's always, always, always a first. Yeah, I think that your point about communication mm-hmm. is so important. You know, the tenant can share where they're at. The landlord can share that where they're at, and, and hopefully the two can meet in between, and at least that way things can yeah. can hold on yeah. until better yeah. times are ahead. Because you know when you're under a lot of pressure, you you kind of change slightly, don't you? You know, yeah. you get quite. This is mine. You know, yeah. I need everything that's going to going to keep me going. But it might be that that partnership that actually helps at the end of the day. Because yeah. that's all we're doing. We're all just hanging on, yeah. you know, for these better times that are definitely coming. Mm-hmm. No two ways about it. Yeah. Well, that's a good lead into looking forward. You know, where where is this whole industry going? And um, there's actually been some exciting stuff that's taken place as a result of COVID, I think. Um, you know, retailers have, some of them have just been incredibly nimble, as I mentioned earlier, and consumers are benefiting from more convenient ways to do business. A uh, good example of this, of course, is the local fast food giant, Shafet. Um, and uh, I remember it well because my kids were so upset when it was closed and they were dying to be involved with the day one of reopening. And I think that there were a lot of people in Barbados that felt the same. Yeah, close, and, close the island. Yeah, <laughs> and instead of doing, you know, just continuing business the way they'd always done, they added their delivery service. They added the... Um, Oh gosh, what do you call it? The um, curbside. Curbside. Yes, I did the curbside on day one. Um, so it meant that on that first day, they were able to cater to so many different clients. There was lots of pent up demand, and I find that actually there have been brand ambassadors that have um, emerged out of this. And Shafet always gets mentioned now. Um, uh, you know, we've had Rihanna mentioning Shafet, we've had Drake mentioning Shafet, and then we have some local celebrities um, mentioning Shafet and the preparation for its reopening. So that's that's quite exciting. Um, almost all local grocery stores are doing online ordering and delivery, which I think many of us can admit saves a lot of time and is really convenient and will probably never go back to going to the supermarket all the time. Mm-hmm. I still personally I know. love going to the supermarket I because then I eat something different in my house. Yeah. But it is nice on those busy weeks to be able to order online and have it delivered. Um, there's, there's also local entrepreneurs who have started doing delivery services. Mm-hmm. So you can now order food from different restaurants online and they, it gets delivered and all of that. Um, one of the things that I think is really interesting is the amount of local artisans that have emerged. You know, you go to some of these markets now, and the quality of goods is just fantastic. Um, I have a friend who has been in the jewelry making industry for years, and she actually said that last Christmas was her best Christmas ever because she basically upped her game in terms of what she was offering, and it coincided with a time when you know, Bajans are feeling it and we're not traveling as we used to before and going to shop in Miami. And we also want to support local. So she had the best Christmas. Yeah, I mean, that's just fantastic. And I hope that we see a lot of people doing that this Christmas as well, where we're supporting local as opposed to buying from overseas, because I think it's really, really important. So um, I think it's exciting to see how people are responding and um, taking things to the next level. 
Is it just me, or are there more roadside vegetable vendors and coconut vendors everywhere. on the side of the road? Everywhere. Like everywhere, because no one wants to go to the supermarket now and stand in line and all of that. And how wonderful, you know, you're, you're um, interacting yeah. with locals and helping them. So that's really nice. Um, and I also find that though overall covers are down in restaurants, you're seeing more locals in restaurants. Mm -hmm. So obviously we haven't had our uh, wonderful kadumant to spend our money on, but I think people are still, you know, they, they want to go out, they want to do things, so they're going to restaurants and supporting restaurants, which I think is really wonderful. And I also find, to be honest with you, the service in restaurants has come back up to this really great level where everybody's just so happy to have a job mm -hmm. and happy to be serving. And I just find it's, it's back up at that wonderful, really personal level. I see some positivity here. Um, <laughs> I, I guess, you know, talking about, about the future, I mean, for me, there's, there's my immediate future and there's a wee bit further along the line, but not too far, please, when I get to that. Um, I, I'm, I, I'm just so delighted to, to say that, and I'm sorry to keep talking about the Norman Centre, but it's my baby. Um, <laughs> I, we're welcoming Pandora. Pandora that is, is exciting, I have to admit. <laughs> love it. Um, Pandora is uh, opening up their flagship store um, in the Norman Centre on November the 1st, so that will just be terrific. Um, I was also very blessed to, to meet a, a tenant maybe two or three years ago who then came back to us. Um, she was based in Cave Shepherd. She's called Tasha's Wonderland. You guys will know it as the big toy store that was in Cave Shepherd. And then at Christmas time, all the sparkly, sparkly stuff um, mm -hmm. for Christmas. And uh, and uh, Tasha's Wonderland uh, came to us, gosh, middle of this year. So that was fantastic for me. Um, and a slightly sad story, but it's still positive. Um, you might recall the Colonnade had a fire. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was such a, it was just awful. Anyway, um, they had their fire, um, which is a terrible thing, but. From my perspective, I was able to offer a store called Beyond Surf um, that's now open, um, a store called Exotica Makeup that's halfway through its fit out. Um, and they're a great store, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, and their fit out's fabulous. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, and then another store called InStyle uh, Couture that does children's clothing, and they'll be with us um, from November the first. So for me, I felt. I felt it was lovely that we could offer that business continuity for them. When exactly, rather through. than losing them completely exactly, from Broad yeah, Street. Exactly. Um, yeah. So it was a sad thing, but, but a nice thing. And now let's look to slightly more of a distant future, but not too distant, please, because I want to keep the momentum going. Um, I want to talk about Bridgetown. Um, I can't remember, Bridgetown rejuvenated, Bridgetown reinvented, Bridgetown whatever, it doesn't matter. It's all about bringing Bridgetown back to what it was. Um, and I know this has been talked about for eons, but there's a real a real change in the atmosphere. There's no two ways about it. Um, you know, we, we've done surveys ourselves at Terra, um, but we know that if you bring back people to live into an environment, that it will bring back life to your to your town. Um, now it might be you may have gathered from the accent that I'm not from Barbados. <laughs> it might be because I wasn't brought up here that I I love the, the town because there's so many people.
don't seem to like town much. Um, I love it. I think it's fabulous. I think, I think it's got history. I think it's got architecture. You've got water. You've got beaches. For heaven's sake, what's there not to like? Um, but I do appreciate it in a way because Glasgow was my city um, in, in Scotland. That was my local city. And that went from slums to being a city of culture. So for me, when someone says to me, can we bring back Bridgetown? Can Bridgetown be a hub for living and, and eating and, and you know everything that you would want your lifestyle to be? Then I, wholeheartedly, I, I'm saying yes. And I've got my hands up to say I'm happy to help in, in any way that I can. The other side to that, and why I'm sharing it with you today, if I were a landowner a landlord I would be holding on as best I can to what I've got um, in Bridgetown because that piece of land or that building it could be the perfect spot for a multi-use building um, you could maybe convert something into a multi-use building or it could be the perfect piece of land to build something so for me I just think landlords hang on <laughs> Because I think better times are genuinely coming. Yeah, you know, I agree with you. There's there's some really exciting plans for Carlisle Bay mm -hmm. in the future. And, um, you know, there's always lots of talk about Hyatt and, um, you know, where the Waterfront Cafe was, yeah. having some beautiful uh, residential and hotel there. And that's going to feed traffic into Bridgetown, um, which is going to be fantastic. And there are so many, you know, historic buildings and, and so much that we could leverage on. Mm -hmm. So now's not the time to sell in Bridgetown. I agree with you, 100%. Um, I mean, retail, I think, certainly will have changed as a result of COVID. You know, everybody's so much more, um, you know, germ sensitive. Um, we don't like to use touch screens. I mean, even when I go to the, um, you know, the bank teller now and I use my touch screen, I think I need to wash my hands mm -hmm. and all of that. Um, but I, I do feel like, and you know, you don't want to go to um, when they have... Uh, little sampling stations. I'm a bit funny about that now, you know. Um, buffets. Mm -hmm. People don't like buffets anymore because of it. So there's lots of changes, but I think, you know, we have to look for opportunities within it because online is great, but it really doesn't give you the experience mm -hmm. that so many people crave for um, in terms of retail. I, I, I agree. Um, I mean, partly, you know, touching on the, the cleanliness front, I guess, first... I mean, that, again, that's a very um, important part of Terra Facilities Management's role. Um, you know, we, we have to make sure that all of our COVID-19 protocols are in place because that's what I want to do. I want to make sure that you feel safe. You're going to comfortable exactly to come, come into a nice, yeah. clean environment. Um, and if that means that I have to put three security officers with temperature guns and hand sanitizer and zap you whether you're shopping in the Norman Centre or just walking through, then so be it, that's, that's what I'm going to do. Um, so, so certainly, you know, cleanliness in a comfortable environment are, are really, really important. Um, just picking up on your online shopping, again, I totally agree with you. I mean, I, I did do online grocery shopping here for the first time because of COVID. Um, I've always paid my bills online, I guess. Um, but I think there is always going to be a need for social activity. Um, I, I, I honestly believe that, well, it's not up to me actually, studies galore have, have proved it. We are very social animals. Mm -hmm. We don't fare well when we're kept in a box. No. 
and we don't have any interaction. Um, I know certainly if I go back to maybe the 90s um, in London, we did lots of downsizing, we, you know, hot desking, all that sort of stuff. Um, but the studies showed that we still wanted to go in there into the office maybe once or twice a week. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, we had this bizarre name. I'm sure it was called Buddy Building or, or something equally crazy. Um, but it was true, you know, people liked shopping. Sorry, they liked working at home, but they had to go into the office to get that sort of camaraderie. And, and I think there's a certain element of that still in the retail market. I think, you know, you, you, you buy a dress online, you can't feel the quality of the fabric. You don't know how it's going to fit you properly. The perfume, you can't smell the perfume. So for me, there is, I think for me, there's a similar um, situation in the retail market. You know, you, you, if you order online, you can't feel the quality of that fabric. You can't see the fit of the dress. You can't smell the fragrance of the perfume. Um, so for me, there'll always be, be room for shopping. But even before COVID, um, you know, again, all the, the sort of buzz things where, you know, you had to make your, your, your shopping mall experiential. Um, certainly for me, I know I introduced um, an art gallery into the Norman Centre, um, uh, partnered with Allied Artists, um, a fabulous studio, and we changed, the, we changed the art gallery every four to six weeks. Um, and I also have the Caribbean Wax Museum there. Uh, I have to say mostly, mostly I guess, for tourists. Um, we don't seem to have much of an appetite for that here. Um, but school children, great, because it's educational. So I, I guess I, I sort of dabbled with that um, when I first came here. But there's, without a doubt, it, you know, you, you, you want your day out to be a day out. So you want Absolutely. to be able to have yeah. your breakfast, your lunch, your dinner, healthy options, lots of healthy options. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I, I guess if, if, if you're lucky enough to have the opportunity, you know, you even have a cinema. And so you're going from day afternoon so I think there will always be that, that, that need in us to, to still go shopping. I hope so, anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. I really do. I think that um, it's just about being creative and, and uh, you know, welcoming and encouraging people in to come and spend that time. So uh, let's look forward to times ahead. To connect with us, log on to terrorred.com and we'll see you here next time.